Welcome to Death Row. Like we always do about this time. <laughs> I'm gonna fight your fucking ass. You don't got, you're playing touch butt with that dork in the park. Ah, uh, there's a little snake in the grass. Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. No fucking Jesus, people. I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. Hey, pussy, are you still there? I'm back. Who the fuck is that guy? Break out the red panties. We're rich, baby. I would like to introduce... Welcome to the MMA for Money show, episode 43. In this show, we are going to review the amazing fight card that was UFC on ESPN 12, Poirier vs. Hooker. I am Bob Voss, your favorite garbage man, at MMA State of Mind on Twitter, here with Mike Copenhaver. You can find him at Don't Cope, just win on Twitter. Also follow the show on Twitter at MMA for Money show. Mike, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing absolutely amazing, man. After last weekend's UFC and all the wars that went on and, and that main event, it was just absolutely amazing going 2-0 and for you guys and cashing uh, one of the bigger underdogs on the card that no one had real faith in besides uh, Bob and I. It, it was just an amazing and uh, just stoked, stoked to be here. It is Wednesday, so you know what that means. The MMA for Money show is here. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast Podcasts, Straight RSS Feed, basically any single audio way you want to listen to the show. But if you want a little more, we are also on YouTube, both full-length shows as well as small tidbits and quick, to get your quick fix throughout the week. Subscribe and never miss a show. Like, comment, and share, please. That does wonders for us. It gets more people to see the show. If you like the show, they might like it too. Well, we're going to go right into UFC on ESPN 12 Poirier versus Hooker a very interesting night a lot of third round finishes oddly enough and an amazing main event uh, I'm gonna throw right to Mike for the first fight of the card because I actually missed this fight and wasn't sure where to go on it but Mike was heavy on who eventually became the winner Jordan Griffin was a minus 105 pick him well, slight underdog versus Yosef Zalal who was minus 115 Zalal got that decision win Mike break down that first fight of the night for me yeah, man, uh, I even spoke with Bob a little bit after the show or it was later in our fight discussion during the week of who we would bet. I, I brought up Zalal as a as a pick. I, I really liked his uh, one of his performances in either his RFA or LFA. I can't remember uh, exactly, but it was a three round war that uh, a, a wrestling a wrestling based dude. I, that's names I can't think of right now. He they they just fought a three round war and Zalal really showed a lot of heart and grit going through all three rounds. Every time he was taken down, he got back up and into a better position. He showed off uh, that you know uh, he has this high guillotine that he likes, and it, it's he just is impressive. But this fight was not an easy uh, wasn't an easy fight. It wasn't it was def it was a scrap. Jordan Griffin gave a hell of a, a performance himself they were going at it it was just it, it, it was literally scramble after scramble and just jujitsu and mixed with it was mixed martial arts at a, really at its finest for the a lower caliber type of fighter not being the you know main event but it was Zalal looked amazing and Jordan Griffin so uh Zalal definitely edge, uh, won the fight to me but it, it just was a great fight next up the UFC had Jin Yu Frey who was at plus 140 underdog versus the 20-year-old Kay Hansen, minus 160. Kay Hansen got that third round triangle armbar. Frey looked good early. I uh, would probably give her the first round. Eventually, she got worn on by the younger Hansen. This was a 35-year-old versus a 20-year-old. Uh, 
Frey clearly more of an atom weight. Obviously, that's what she's the former champion of in Invicta. Uh, got outsized late, and the outspoken Hansen pulls it off. Uh, if I recall correctly, even got a little shout out from Ronda Rousey uh, after that fight. So I guess kudos to her. Mike, anything specific on the submission, or I guess thoughts for the 20 year old doing so well this early on in her UFC run? Yeah, I mean, uh, the fight was actually a pretty good performance. It was more of a striker versus a grap- uh, grappler, and uh, it, it was a little a little bit back and forth, but the, the arm bar was smooth. Uh, you know, Frey's pretty, not scrawny, but she's just thin, you know, and, and, and once you get that arm bar locked in deep on someone who knows what they're doing, uh, they just, you know, flex their hips upward and, and wrench down up on that arm with the thumb up in the sky, and, and you're going to die with that arm, you know. So she, uh, you know... It, it was a it was a good fight for the two of them, and it was a little a little a little bit better than I thought it was going to be. Which is honestly the most you could hope for in some of these uh, lower fight card female MMA fights, especially when they jump from Invicta to the UFC. Um, I guess they're not jumping in front of a big crowd being there at the apex. But uh, next up, this is going to happen several times on both this fight card as well as fights going forward, uh, where there's these last minute replacements of guys where either a corner or they or someone they came in close contact with have tested positive for COVID, so they got pulled off the card. This next one, actually a couple times in this card, but next up, Takashi Sato was a minus-135 favorite versus Ramiz Brahima, who was plus-115, but there's a late replacement of Jason Witt, and although some late replacements did pretty well on this card, this was not one of those times. Sato uh, landed some vicious power and finished off with ground and pound in the first round. Uh, I can't say I'm overly impressed by Sato here, only because with a last-minute replacement and all that going on, I don't know. Exciting finish. There's a lot of exciting finishes on this fight. Well, some not so exciting, but uh, at this point, an exciting finish on the card. Sato did look good, has some power. Uh, Mike, how do you feel about the finish? And I would say him going forward, but I guess we don't really have good judgment with the fact that this is a last-minute replacement to, to fight him. Yeah, I mean, he looked amazing versus, uh, you know, whoever the guy was. I mean, Jason Witt, I never heard of him in my life. I, I don't know where he came from. It, it, it He was just like literally the guy out of the stands pretty much. So Takashi Sato literally laid his ass out and ground and pounded him into hell and taught him about what the upper echelon of the UFC is like, you know, and uh, welcome to it because it ain't fun. Next up, a huge favorite. Well, even a huge favorite for who he was originally slated to fight. And then an even bigger favorite over his late minute replacement, Jesus. Uh, Sean Woodson. Jesus, oh. Rosa, <laughs> I'm sorry for all the disrespect that I said about you. Oh, we threw some I, shade on a Rosa. I, a Rosa. We weren't the only ones, okay? It, it, we weren't the I, only definitely. ones throwing shade. Down. Hey, I'm at least got balls enough to say I'm gonna say sorry, <laughs> bro. I'm uh, I'm gonna apologize. I thought you had no fucking chance ever I, literally dude but you fucking proved me wrong you look absolutely amazing he, he he came with hands that i've never seen and a determination that i've never seen dude and i mean even his jujitsu uh, scrambles were good i mean it was a, a, a still a it was a fight but i mean julian rosa he ended up being uh the guy at the, that that went to the peak and stayed up there faster and it was it was i'm i'm still in fucking shock dude Oh, dude, it is crazy. I just wanted to quick double check because we had said that uh, Woodson was a decent-sized favorite. He was minus 245 against his original opponent, Kyle Nelson. Once Arosa got slated in there, that closed at Woodson was a minus 500 favorite against Arosa. So Arosa was a plus 400 dog. It's crazy. Uh, well, And I'll give it to Woodson early 
he was landing. His boxing was looking real good. He didn't want to throw kicks to get taken down. But as the fight got further and further along, you saw Arosa willing to take a few punches to get into that range and both put power on him, uh, throw the leg kicks, and be able to grapple up quite a bit. And in the later goings, Woodson was starting to gas a little bit. Uh, Arosa just kept coming relentlessly. And then he got that third round Darce choke. Pretty amazing uh, transition, in my opinion. Mike, any further take on the, the submission itself? I mean, this was not the only third-round submission we got on this fight card, but I don't know. I think this one may have been my favorite. What do you think? Oh, man. Uh, this was the mo- one of the most shocking uh, for me. I just... I, because I wasn't expecting him to do what he fucking did, dude, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't fully take in every single thing. I just was like... I'm just I'm just watching a huge parlay buster for a lot of people going down, and uh, I I just was like, oh my god, I'm so glad I'm not one of those fucking idiots who threw five hundred dollars down on Woods on that other dude, dude, because that's crazy. That's the stupid shit we're talking about, and and so Erosa's the, the OG in this fight. And when we talk about OGs versus newcomers. Uh, technically, Erosa had more uh, experience. I should have backed him in that sense. I, I, I fucking thought the other dude was the real deal. Um, he had some great striking. I, either Erosa just fucking literally upgraded his armor and his performance, like just enhancing abilities incredibly. I'm in shock, dude. And un, unreal performance by you, Julian Erosa. I will, I will shut my mouth uh, for a while. And I need to see you fight someone a little bit better, but you deserve a, a more ranked opponent now. And uh, mad respect to you for going in there and giving that dude that fight because nobody had belief in that. Well, and I know, at least for me, one of the main reasons that I didn't give Arosa much of a chance, obviously we didn't have odds on it or anything like that. We knew he was that uh, Woodson was going to be a big favorite. Arosa... I had th- I thought he had a suspect chin, and I assumed someone that was that well versed in striking and was going to be able to throw a constant jab up the pipe would eventually be able to wear down the damage enough and get a follow up and get a finish. And he was landing on Arosa well, and like you said, I'm like I don't know what the deal was. I mean, this was a very last minute fight, and so coming off the couch, I don't know if he just wasn't broken down as much from a training camp or what, but the kid he took power that. Obviously, I'm not. I don't know tons about Woodson's power because it has been overly tested against like elite guys. But just sheer volume, I thought he'd have it. And man, Arosa was just taking it, moving forward. I mean, he could kind of got wobbly a few times, but just powered through. It was, it, it was impressive, man. It, it was, man. I'd never seen him have a chin like that and and be willing to take those shots. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know if he's seen a sports psychologist or whatever change that made him uh, more aggressive to and not care about taking a few to to get in there. But I believe he hit him with a bunch of body shots too that was wearing down uh, his gas tank, and that was there was a great, uh, obviously great plan, get great game plan by his corner. And um, you know, if, if there wasn't so many performance, uh, good performances on this card, it, it, we'd be talking about it even more. But I don't even know. Did he? He didn't. Get, did he even get a fight? Did he get a bonus? I don't believe so, but I'll I'll, yeah, I'll check. I don't think he did either, and so which is kind of crazy in the sense of uh, it was a, a, a incredible fucking performance of Julian Rosa. Next up, Tanner Bozer was a minus one hundred five versus Felipe Linz minus one fifteen, and we have minor notes uh, for these shows. We do just little brief stuff like who won, how they win, stuff like that, and then we go off on our tangents. 
This is one of the first times, and Mike could attest to this because I always send him over the notes. I am in all bold, Bozer by first round KO, TKO punches. The guy that I never thought would have the power to be able to put some out. The guy that consistently at heavyweight goes to decision over and over again gets a first round finish over Jeremy Linz, who took power from. Arlovsky for an entire fight and others and just laid the dude out and not only laid him out he rocked him hard and as soon as he started to stumble to the side landed again then again did a back fist to the ground on the guy once he fell like he beat I think uh I think it was Cruz who counted it out he had eight unanswered shots after he landed the one that initially rocked him like it was crazy and obviously he is mullet for days and I guess that's all I gotta say about it. like I'm just still kind of utterly shocked that not only did he get a finish, but I, like I was thinking maybe like third round finish, you know, kind of maybe tires out Linz a little bit and has a chance and like just tires him out and like volume and all that crazy jazz. The fact that he put him out, I, I almost can't handle myself. Um, Mike, how do you feel about this? Uh, well, I wish it was the lone heavyweight fight when we get to the other one, but the first heavyweight fight of the night. Oh man, well I, I I was talking before this fight happened to one of my best friends and and I always he he says oh who do you think's gonna win this fight and I said dude these are bigger boys dude and and I, these these I don't like I don't bet on these type of fights uh, often because uh, guys that are so big they hit you one time and and the it, the damage is so incredible that that they can knock you out or down or daze you and then it's a combo after that and you're done shortly you know every other uh, weight class they have like a they they can take a little bit more punishment than these guys and so Bo- Bozier holy shit dude i mean like you said a guy that uh goes a decision machine and when he does win he i, I did not expect him to be uh be slamming uh tko ko in the first round especially versus Linz, who's really well trained but uh congrats to him and uh, your mullet look killer dude and quickly going over those bonus awards fight of the night was poirier versus hooker obviously performance of the night was Kay hansen and julian arosa so julian arosa Got himself a 50k bonus, so right. that's a nice little thing to be able to sprinkle on the uh, well, he deserved 14 he des- and 14 that he got earlier in the night. So, dude, just like he deserves it. Oh man, he quadrupled yeah, his pay, so good dude, on that's him. like, dude, my brother, uh, he was 8,000 to show, 8,000 to win. Um, then he was fight of the night, and then he was knockout of the night, and that so he went from sixteen thousand to it was I think I believe it was sixty six thousand dollars on the paycheck. Obviously, it still doesn't mean like for the punishment he I mean he took with J Rock. If you guys go back and watch that fight, War Machine versus J Rock on Tough Finale season six, it, it was it's or even not, better yet, go back to our show where we talk about it and watch it at the same time, and you'll get Mike's background over the whole scenario. Yeah, because there was a great scenario with uh, me and J-Rock's brother-in-law, and uh, we almost got into ourselves in the stands uh, while the fight was going on. But either way, uh, not even being biased on, my, on that, my, that was one of the best fights I've ever seen in my life, in person, on TV, period. And uh, so, yeah. Speaking of bonuses, I mean, I know uh, any newer fans might not know this, but I know we're consistently at 50K for of the night bonuses and yes technically you can win a hundred thousand if you get like a knockout and uh fight of the night a combination there well i guess it's performance not just knockout or submission either way they used to have kind of a sliding scale for fights of the night kind of just depends 
how well the ticket sold, how they felt on that night, and how much they wanted to boost it. Like on a fight night, you might only have 30K. On a pay-per-view, it might be 40, 50, 60. Uh, I'm not 100% on the number, but I'm pretty sure for the uh, UFC 129 one, it was Shields versus uh, GSP. I want to say it was 100K on those nights, on that night, because of like people goading Dana in the pre-fight meeting. But like they were a little bit everywhere, and they just decided to... Two things. One, make them always 50K. And then two, they got rid of the knockout of the night, submission of the night, and just switched to performance of the night. So, because even though they said, well, sometimes there's not submission or whatever of the night, it's like, that's yeah, fantastic. But there wasn't even uh, performance bonuses at some points. So like, they, they, it oh, was no. just like, they that were was like, all, oh, that was all it, just the locker room stuff. It was literally like the mob. They were like, oh, Dana and the boys came in there and were like, we like that knockout. Here's 25 grand. There you go. So uh, my brothers, like I said, it was a weird number. It was 25 grand and 25 grand. It was a knockout of the night, perform, uh, fight of the night. Uh, and so it was, and that was the same night Clay Guida and Roger Horta fight. So it, 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 to take it over that is crazy. Well, and it's crazy too, like uh, for the mind of a fighter, like let's say like your brother. So he gets all that stuff. And then there was still the possibility of maybe not like in the locker room type stuff, but so many fighters from back in the day talk about that. Like they might get a check in the mail, like, weeks later and it was yeah. just like appreciation check i mean nothing mm-hmm. crazy like a couple grand here five ten whatever like that but like those little things started to add on it's like another one of the reasons that fighters go for broke and don't argue too much with their with their pay because if they're entertaining fighters they can get an of the night or they can possibly get like a five ten or i i, I think the highest i've ever heard of after the fact was someone getting like a 15 or 20k check weeks yeah. after the fact it, when like the pay-per-view a- did better than expected or something like that yeah, it's it's very weird. It's just weird how how it works and how it it all plays out. But you know how that it's business. Absolutely. Uh, next up was the canceled fight. Um, the Mara Romero Barella versus Miranda Maverick fight got canceled. That's going to happen more frequently too. Um, but then after that, we had Luis Pena, who was a minus two seventy favorite. But I want I want a quick double check on what the closing odds were. Actually, it went down a little bit, so never never mind. If actually, if I could have sworn I remember getting worse and worse, and for a little bit it did, but he was a huge favorite over Kama Worthy, who was uh, plus 230 when we recorded the show, but at the time of the bet, because we gave out this is a bet, he was plus 225, and Worthy looked phenomenal early. He, I think he clearly won the first round. He was winning the stand-up exchanges. He was ready to uh, dodge and counter or throw same-time counters as Pena and was kind of letting him up on the feet. And it wasn't until portions of the second round where Pena actually decided to wrestle a little bit that he got a near submission. Uh, Pena, that is, even though towards the end Worthy was able to reverse it and then really came alive in the third round, again, winning the striking and starting to do better in the scrambles and eventually got Pena in a ridiculously tight guillotine choke, that third round finish again. But this was our first bet on the fight card, and it won you guys 2.25 units if you followed us and how we bet that. Yeah, baby. Like, like, like Mike said, one of the biggest underdogs that actually cashed on the card, other than Arosa. But, I mean, we didn't even have odds when we did the show last week and Arosa was on. Not saying we would have picked him, but, I don't know, I guess if it was big enough odds, maybe we would have put a little bit on it personally, not necessarily for the show. But, so... I mean, Worthy looked great. People were downplaying him a lot just because he had a quick, fast upset over Worthy. We talked about how much we liked Worthy. He had the power that was the difference. And that Pena, I don't want to say he's 
I, I, I want to say, I'm trying to say it in this, because I don't think he's like arrogant or anything. Like that. I, th- I think he's just, he's overly confident and not in a good way. Like he's to the level that he thinks he's past skill levels that he is. And like, he thinks like, as soon as we start rolling, I'm going to get you a submission. I'm obviously going to get you. Or this crazy strike combination or this crazy move is going to land and I'm obviously going to get a knockout. Like he thinks a little bit too highly of himself without laying the groundwork to actually get there. Whereas Worthy was all hard to the grindstone, pushing forward, coming to get this win. Mike, we were beyond ecstatic. I know you texted me right after this happened. I had to go back and watch the fight because I wasn't watching him live. And this was huge. Well, huge for us and just huge in general. Mike, thoughts on this amazing fight? Oh man, I mean, uh, both both athletes, uh, you know, were apps were amazing. But uh, the one we bet is the one we wanted to be the most, and that's what happened. Kama Worthy, you know, he came in there and he he had better uh, head movement, he had more volume, he threw better combos. Uh, Pena, like you said, he he seems to be think that like he seems to be used to being the bigger fish in the gym or at, on the mat or something like that when he trains, and it kind of it seems it comes off like that in the ring, and it it, it makes it like he doesn't get to perform at his best because he's not fully taking the other person seriously or something but it didn't matter because i don't want i want him not take him serious don't take comma worthy serious because you saw exactly what happened when you didn't take comma worthy serious he had a better gas tank than you he was meaner than you and he came in there and, and that guillotine choke was so deep and that's one of his favorite moves he's he's used it a few times and uh you know locked in that 2.25 units for you guys and just to start the night and it just it was just the best feeling in the world for us to be able to keep rolling on this train and and uh, get you guys a win, whoever rolled with us. Uh, let's go. Well, and I heard a lot of people uh, questioning Worthy's gas tank. They thought it was going to be a, a first-rounder bust. And although we leaned toward that being his way to win, like power in the first round, his gas tank looked pretty phenomenal throughout. Even though he was on the losing end of those grappling positions in the second round, even in the third round, he looked completely fresh. It was it was very impressive. I didn't realize his gas tank went that deep, which is yeah. good to know going forward. Yeah, it, it, it was definitely very good because um, to get it... Jiu-jitsu is exhausting. I mean, five minutes, five minutes, dude, not even five minutes, three minutes with someone. If you've never done it, is you, you, you don't know anything, you know, but I would happen 30 seconds. I'm yeah, very I, aware of that. No, it's just, it's just unreal when you, when once you, someone makes you look like a little bitch just in seconds and, and it's, um, you know, it's, it's just crazy. Uh, I, I can't I can't explain it, but either way, um, you know, Pena is he's got talent. I think he's just he's young. He needs some better coaching or management. But uh, dude, comma uh, worthy. Thank you so much for cashing that bet for us, and it it's just it's just amazing. Uh, and if anyone currently is a little annoyed that some of these fights we're talking about are a little bit out of order of how they placed. I'm going by the order that we went over them last week, which was the correct order. But with yeah. cancellations and fight switches, they kind of jumbled up the order a little bit. So this is not me doing it to personally offend <laughs> you if that's something that's a nervous tick of yours where you're like, that's not how the fights went down. That's not how the fights went down. This is how we had them listed from last week. And it just makes it easier for transcribing notes. But we will get to every fight. It's just necessarily in the order you might want to hear them. So what's I guess funny? What's I'll funny? Someone that. will complain about that, but they won't complain. That. Go tell Google to change UFC Austin. They they didn't change <laughs> UFC Austin or <laughs> their right. shit. They're million. They're like multi-billion-dollar, million-dollar company. Who knows how much money you can? So please just bear with us on the order. 
<laughs> oh no, I just know that like if I listen to a podcast, I'd just be a little I, I would, would just be a little taken I, back. I would be too. I, I wouldn't say anything, but I'd be a little confused. I'm just I'm just letting you know if anything happens that happens in the future, it's because with these canceled we we record early in the week because we want you guys to have this information as early as possible and to make your bets to get the good numbers that we get. Um, we don't always get the best numbers, but I think we consistently get pretty good numbers, especially with dog money and guys that are close to even who eventually become bigger favorites. But because we do it so early in the week, these cancellations and these fight changes, it's like they jumble up this order pretty tremendously. But if you go back to the original fight order, that's where we were at. But, you know, we have two fight changes on this fight card and one straight up fight cancellation. So I'm just cool. saying that because I know these next couple are a little out there. Either you blame way. it on the road. <laughs> next up is a very unique heavyweight fight uh maurice green was a minus 235 uh favorite at the time of our recording versus john volante or giant volante as he evolved into for this fight card Badass, um, That's uh, great. plus 195 green got a third round i know we're not in video yet but i am doing parentheses with my fingers submission um, Green looked phenomenal in the first round. He was really uh, putting on John Belante in a major way. He actually looked really good here. He looked improved. Um, Volante looked like he barely trained for this fight. Um, I, I know that Green had a much superior reach, but a lot of these guys at heavyweight are going to against Volante. When I heard Volante was going to go up to heavyweight, I thought we were going to get we're going to get strike force Volante coming in at like. 240, maybe not abs, but flat stomach, can still see all of the muscles he's got going on. The only time you saw anything is after he was laying down on his back, exhausted, breathing heavily. I saw two top abs. I saw him. I'm going to give him credit. I know. I saw him. They're still there, in theory. Uh, and my favorite meme that's gone around is, you know, pre-quarantine, post-quarantine of oh, yeah. Volante. Last time he fought a 205 on the weigh-ins, and this time it's, oh, man, it's bad. I even, I even remember uh, in, in the commentary my favorite moment, and because I, I said something even verbally out loud by myself after it happened, was they were talking about Volante being 255, and I believe it was Bisbing talked about, yeah, and a lot of the, that, that weight, because they were talking about his kicks, are in his thighs. I'm like, or his gut, which was like hanging <laughs> out binks, like crazy. This makes oh, sense. Man. That's thing. why I thought we were going to, because I mean, I think I do think that Volante is a big enough size guy that he can do heavyweight, but he's got to be a 240 in shape heavyweight, not 255, like and in one more fight pushing the heavyweight limit type fight. But I, don't, I guess I'm breaking that down too much. It was um, still a uh, close fight. It was still a close then. fight because uh, it was more even in the second round. And then, honestly, Volante was likely down two, but it all depended on how that middle uh, round went. And he got a dominant position on top against Maurice, uh, Maurice Green, was landing down some power. And I don't know if like it clicked in his head that he wasn't going to have enough power to put him away. But then he basically, like, I, I would, he didn't give up a submission because I'm, I know that I'm a little bit more of a novice on the grappling side. But that was not tight enough of any semblance to make someone tap, in my opinion, other than the fact that Volante was just that utterly exhausted and laying on top of him. And then as soon as he tapped out, he laid on his back. And yeah, like I said, breathed heavily. And you saw his two top abs. They were there. Um, and then just breathed. And Green started dancing all excited. I mean, Green looked good. I don't think he looked good. But Mike, please break down that submission for me because I know I'm not the most well-versed, but... It sound, it looked like he was just like gently hugging his neck and maybe whispering nice things into his ear before the tap happened. Like literally there was a punch which turned into a tap. 
Yeah. Um, you know, first off, shout out to MMA Gangster for his... Uh, he actually picked uh, round two, round three submission, uh, I believe it was. It was a submission. Was I think yeah, it was submission? It was submission round three, I believe, is what. I hit. think it was just round three. I think it was just the round. It was round three. three. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so it was just round three. He bet round two and round three. So he threw a, 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 a I think it was a unit, a unit on both. I think. Well, I think it was a half unit, but it was plus six hundred. Okay, that's what three. It was. Okay, something like that. All right. So we we not only hit our bets, but he hit one of his bets, his first bet in a back in a while. So go a uh, shout out to MMA Gangster on Twitter. Uh, we missed him, man. He he hits. He's like, amazing. His prop hits are rid- incredible. Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. You don't it's realize like how much you miss them until they're gone. Bro, he's <laughs> been gone for a, it's, he's been gone for a while, and he hits right away, man. It's, it was incredible, and one that fu- I thought was I thought it was done, dude. I didn't. I really did. I. You know, no disrespect to my boy, but well, it's just. Once got on top, I was like, "Man, we lost uh, it." Oh, totally. And uh, so, shout out to you, MMA Gangster. I appreciate you. Go to the MMAformoney.com. Uh, he has an article that he writes for free, gives you a pick for free. Uh, he's one of the best freaking uh, professional gamblers there is. Oh no, dude, he's he is amazing. Like I, we've we've gone over on this show before that. I don't typically bet props, meaning like me come up with the prop and bet it because it's not a forte of mine. I have given out prop bets that it's have rare. cashed in the it's past. Very rare when but Bob it's very rare I give them out because I'm not confident in them because... What's I, crazy I, is though he's not confident in them and then they hit. Pissed oh, me. yeah. Well, well one thing <laughs> I, I like about him is his thought process makes sense. And he goes with the most likely let's say two outcomes on a fight where that's the most likely outcome. Just you need to know specifics on there and doesn't bet him huge. And all you need with, since there's such huge odds, you just need to hit one out of three or four a night or one or two out of every two events. And you still end up big. Like he's hit some huge numbers in the past. He's really good. He's really good at managing a bankroll and and not flicking too much uh, money on certain things. So, like I said, shout out to MMA Gangster. Go follow him, and uh, he's he's free, dude. He's great advice. Mm -hmm. You got plenty of free content on there. Um, Next up in the co-main event. Obviously, it wasn't the original co-main event. There was another cancellation, although that was quite a while ago. That was gonna be Aspen Lad versus Sarah McMahon. But here we had. Mickey Gall, plus 255 underdog against the girlfriend corner man himself, Mike Perry, who was <laughs> minus 310. I think it was minus 300 at actual fight time. Perry wins the decision, 29-28s across the board. Clear win for him. He just had too much power, too much control. Even on the ground for Mickey, had his back at the end of the first, I believe. Full mount at the end of the third. He was just—he's the better athlete. He's like he has pretty much the only thing where it's close, and I mean like close. Everything else is by far in Perry's uh, in his category. The only thing that's close is straight jujitsu, not wrestling. Straight jujitsu, and if you have everything else in the category and you're not like a grappling savant, you're gonna get beat. And he got beat. And I'm just—I mean, I'm happy to hear that Perry's gonna be looking for like an actual camp to go to in Florida. Um, but I mean, I guess kudos to him. He saved a buttload of money not having any corners and anything like that. But, and according from his, uh, post fight thing, he, that's a good thing to save some money because he owes the government a pretty penny. Um, <laughs> Mike thoughts on this fight. Uh, it's pretty straightforward, but do you have like a, a certain take going forward on either guy? 
Uh, I mean, I, I, this was, I believe I dropped, this was another al- in drop him in an alley theory. I said that, you know, uh, Mike Perry would, would pretty much end goal all day, any day. Um, it, it doesn't, it is clear, you know, so Mike Perry looked phenomenal. I mean, I, I, I kind of, he's, I, 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 he reminds me like of my brother. He is, he's like war machine, but a li- just, just wait, just different, you know, and, um, it, they want you to be a little like bit slower that. on the uptake. Yeah. Um, they want you to be like that uh, because you could see in his pay, he got paid more than some of uh, some other uh, upper echelon fighters, you know. And so it, it's it's crazy. I believe he got paid more than Hooker this event um, straight. But I could be wrong on that one. But uh, the point only is he won, but it's close. Oh, OK. Uh, That's Perry makes 90 and 90. Hooker makes 110 and 110, but Hooker didn't win. But, but to be the main part event. of notable names, Mike Perry makes more per fight than Morris Green, more than John Volante, more than... And Volante's had tons of fights. Yeah, but he... So either way, he's he deserves it. He's, he's earned it for himself. You could talk shit about him. You could say whatever you want about Mike Perry. But Mike Perry, he comes to fight. He tells you exactly how he feels. I appreciate the honesty. I love people that are blunt. I love that he tells you he wants to f you up. He was gonna do it. Um, and he's gonna back it. The only problem with that is we live in a society that's civilized. And like my brother found out real fast, it's just not like you can't be that alpha male. You can't be that savage that you want to be. I understand. I sometimes want to be that guy too. I was raised very, very savage. I, I can't be I have I have a family to raise I have I have my own family that's looking down on me that I have to have respect for and honor for so I I lo- I like I understand why he does him his his being extra because you got to be extra whether you love you or hate you he's getting viewers the UFC wants viewers he needs that for his own resume and to get more money so he's doing a great job at, at doing what he needs to do to get himself more money um the hate only comes from just people who are are are, don't like what he's saying and sometimes he does say some some stuff that you shouldn't but i mean i say some stuff that i shouldn't so and i think we all can just you know give him a little break because he's an entertainer too well and he is in general good on the mic all he needs is for his personal twitter instagram all that kind of stuff he just needs that level-headed person it could be his girlfriend. I don't know. I don't know much about her other than the fact that she's in the corner not wearing her mask properly. But that's that's a whole nother thing um, to run it by her. Be like, how's that sound? Because then that person will be like, that one's good. Send it. That one might get <laughs> you in trouble. We'll just dial back on that one. We'll save that one. We'll go over that one later. And all he needs is like about 30 percent of what he says or he's going to say get stopped from getting out there. And he'd be a way more popular fighter. I'm not saying he's not popular, but I mean like star level of like just just enough of the good without all of the times where he puts his foot in his mouth or like puts on a headdress and dances around like he's an Indian and <laughs> all, all, all that kind of stuff. Sorry, Native American. Don't, yeah. don't come after me. And it's all good. At least you corrected it. The, the, the numerous amount of other stuff he has, whether it be getting a DNA test and he's 2% African and all of a sudden Oh gosh. Ad libitum, say whatever you want and the millions of other things that somehow he gets away with that, like, if I almost wouldn't. any other person in the UFC would say, they'd probably be booted. That's why I don't that stuff could just like, get taken away. Like my brother, like he, he, if he did that stuff, they'd be gone. It's crazy. Oh no! Like I try to think of like fighters that, like, even if like a guy that's normally known as a good guy, 
Like, okay, so we're going to talk about Dustin Poirier next, who's one of the most stand-up guys in the UFC, runs a charity, beyond a nice guy, married, beautiful kids, like it, all those things. If he said half the stuff that Mike Perry does, the UFC would probably boot him too. Because <laughs> it's like, I don't know what he isn't, he is in his own realm by himself. And I don't know if it's like, if you get the appropriate amount of face and neck tattoos, they're okay with it. Like there's a special, <laughs> there's a special formula. Apparently well, you brother, look it up on YouTube. Have, and as long as you have like certain things tattooed on your face, neck, like it, it's an arrangement of tattoos. It, it's a certain it's similar with, with, with the, uh, Conor McGregor. It's like you get these certain amount of tattoos kind of infuse and they just protect you, but they, they ward off the, uh, the firing armor. <laughs> Sorry, that was a little bit long winded, but I, I'm just utterly shocked at some things that he has said that like in the past, certain fighters have like one, I don't know if anyone remembers this, but it was about, about eight years ago, maybe, maybe six years ago when the UFC was paying fighters bonuses on tweets, if they got enough, views from people retweets all that kind of stuff every month they would get out a small bonus for like the tweet that was biggest i don't know if it was every month but like there was a periodic time they did that as soon as they did that two or three fighters put their foot in their mouth some of them got just straight up fired then and yeah. other of them got reprimanded and had to go to special sensitivity training so <laughs> Dude, remember jesse taylor smashed a little bit of some things drunk after winning the, the ultimate fighter or whatever he did or get, getting to the finale and they they friggin' ru- just said up oh, no we're taking you ruin and you're you're done. Oh no, they, they they used to not deal with that stuff at all. Like I remember, like the uh, the two fighters that I know for sure got in trouble during those bonuses was, um, Miguel Torres said some a quote from an Always Sunny show in reference to kind of a van, um, and got booted, and then. Forrest Griffin said something apparently that was taken wrong and he had to go to sensitivity training back when Forrest Griffin was still fighting. So it just shows you the level of this and that somehow Mike Perry is still just sailing right on through. Just sailing right on through. It's crazy because, you know, where I work, I, I I have to not, I can't be Michael Copenhaver, you know, like I have to be a professional, professional person. And so I, I can't be the guy I want to be savage wise. So I got to you tone it down to be professional, get through your job. He doesn't do it. And it's crazy. He just work. It's working for him. But congrats to you, bro. Cause you're making money. Speaking of which good combination to this. Uh, we're about to talk about a, that's a good way to put that. Well, we'll say a classy savage. We'll say a gentleman savage. All these things I would say would apply to Dustin Poirier. And he fought in this main event. He was a minus two twenty favorite at the time of the show but he was another bet we had on this fight card we had him at minus uh 210 this was to win one unit it was him versus dan hooker who was plus 180 poirier wins by unanimous decision it was 48 to 47 on two scorecards and 48 to 46 on a third so he actually got a 10-8 in there and it was a rough going early on dan hooker really came alive in that first round um Till uh, Poirier found his range and started to, like like literally landing to the head I, quite a bit more. I couldn't and, believe the shots that were going on, dude. Oh man! Like it, for anybody that has ever questioned Poirier's chin, I mean, honestly, the only two times I think you can question his chin was I think forty five. That cut hurt him like a lot. It, it really did. And then the Michael Johnson one at fifty five, right after he went up, before he bulked up a little bit, and man, Johnson at fifty five, like. 
he was a big what if, like what could have been of a guy that had some serious power, had some long limbs, had great wrestling, had some sub issues, but either way, like had a good thing going. But man, Poirier took some serious shots and all he did was like after each one, he would recompose himself and push forward. And he always kept pushing forward. And because he kept pushing forward, Hooker kept backing down. It's the same thing that Barboza did to Hooker. The only thing I think that we called wrong on this fight, I think there was only one thing we called wrong. We thought that Poirier was going to hit the body a lot more like Barboza did. He did everything that Barboza did except that. He pushed forward. He made Hooker pay for every shot. He put on the power. He was willing to take one to give one because he knew he was hitting harder, similar to when he fought Holloway because that's another fight we compared it to. As long as he hits harder over the long run, he's going to slow Hooker down. And he did. It, you can see the breakdown of the striking scores that they gave for it, where it was close but clear to Hooker in the first and the second in terms of strikes. In the fourth and the fifth, you just saw, sorry, in the third and the fourth, you saw Poirier come alive with strikes, all carrying the same amount of power. And then you just saw Hooker just slow down more and more and more. And then especially the the end of the fight was just so dominant for Poirier that like really stamped it out. But man, that was such a good fight. And yes, one, you guys, another unit, we were plus three, we went two and oh, plus 3.25 units on the night. Free bets for you, Mike, talk about this fight of the year candidate type main event that we had this past Saturday night. Dude, holy shit, man. This fight was absolutely incredible. I I was shitting bricks the first uh, round or two because uh, Dan Hooker really, really looked so much. I mean, he's always looked pretty good, but his chin, man, I, I, I... Definitely never thought he had a chin like he showed that this last weekend. I would have probably, if you would have told me he ate as many shots as he did from Dustin the Diamond Poirier and still stood, uh, if you would have said he was going to get hit five times from Dustin, I would have said he's, he's done knocked out. Um, and he, he, he ate so many, and he gave so many punishing blows out himself. He had Dustin Diamond Poirier uh, badly rocked uh, by a knee that came up like six feet high i mean the the height that he can reach his knee is absolutely incredible dustin uh talked about it in his uh, post-fight interview that, that it's it, it was he, that's the only time he was in danger it was like those knee the knees that came so high rocked him and wobbled him but uh this this fight was one of the best fights that i've ever seen that i've ever bet on i um you know, I, like I said, to be honest, it, it was it was shitting bricks a little bit on the first and second because I I've never seen a, a such a determined Dan Hooker. But that goes to show you how well his squad and uh, his camp is, and how well they're trained and how well they're they're advancing over there. And um, it, it's it's it was just incredible to watch Dan Hooker perform that night too. So I want I hope that he's super proud of himself for uh, giving out and giving us fans that fight. There's nothing to be ashamed to uh, to not have the gas in the championship rounds. Thank God it was five rounds, and we had Dustin Diamond Poirier for five rounds. Because if it was three rounds, I lost you two point one units, and we have a whole different story. And so, uh, Dustin Diamond Poirier is a stellar athlete. He's a wonderful gentleman, and I, I, I hope that charity auction goes uh, for his fight shorts. I hope it reaches a a, a, a fantastic number for uh, the charity that he chooses to donate to. I mean, he's a wonderful father too, and that's the first thing he said he wanted to do was go see his little girl. And uh, Bob and I have kids too, and and that shit, it just gives me chills right away. So uh, Dustin Diamond Poirier, thank you so. 
so much for being the, the mixed martial artist you are. Thank you for the one extra unit. That was 3.25 units on our 2-0 and night. You add MMA Gangster with the plus 600, and that's we only take half of that, so it's plus 300 on that, and that's 6.25 units for a free show. So let's go. Yes, yeah, fantastic main event. And really, and the only thing I really worry about, sorry about that, uh, Hooker going forward, is he has now had over his last... The exact up in front of me, but over the last looks like five fights, he's had three hellacious wars. Like if you're going back to the Barbosa fight, so the Barbosa fight, the Felder fight, and this one, for someone who's so young and who shows so much promise, he's getting hurt, man. And Battered. I just worry about it because like this is a lot of fights in a row to have that at man. Obviously, I, I know they weren't one, two, three, but that's a lot of damage taken in 18 months. The CTE is tremendous, dude. And you can see it start to wear on him at the tail end. Like, I mean, don't worry, I think he has gas for five. I think he had better gas against Felder, but he, I don't think he took this amount of damage versus Felder and or had to throw this much to try to keep Poirier off of him. So obviously that adds up. But I don't know. I, I just tend to worry. And I know I think I, I believe I said it uh, after the, uh, the Barbosa fight of you worry about those kind of fights just taking it out of a fighter and them not being the same. Uh, he's kind of shown that he's resilient, but I don't know. The more of these that happen, the more you start to worry. As much as Poirier, and he got hit a lot. So I'm not saying Poirier didn't. This one was this one was rough for Poirier too. But in all of the other fights where that goes on in Poirier fights, he he takes shots, but he by absolute measure gives out more and always gives himself time to recover and goes for the kill when he can. So like he, he takes shots, but I, I don't know. It just, it, I don't know if it was the visual of the excess of cuts and blood and everything like that. Like it, I just think hooker looked a lot worse at the end. And yes, obviously I know cuts and that, that do a big thing for that, but I, don't, I just worry about him going forward, but I don't know, I guess before I pity him too much, do you have an idea of where you would like to see, Dustin Poirier after this, obviously they're going to, they're planning on doing uh Gagey versus Khabib in the fall, but who would you like to see Poirier fight? Assuming that he has to fight one more before he gets that title shot. Um, if he's smart, like he is, he, he, he'd take a money fight and uh, possibly, uh, I mean, what sucks is I want to say Conor McGregor, but he re- said he retired. I don't know if that's real, you know? Um, if that's real, then that sucks. Um, well, it was that- odd. This was one of the first times there's been a big fight in either uh, lightweight or welterweight where immediately after it ended or while it was going on, Conor McGregor didn't tweet anything. Like yeah. he's been so, radio silent. So it, it, it's, it, there isn't like, I don't want to see Dustin fight Khabib again. So that, that doesn't work. And then, um, but if Gagey wins, he's prime right there. Cause he has that win over Gagey. Yeah, and that's so that would be f- cool for him then to come up and take his belt and shine like we want him to shine. So I, I would say I'd sit back and wait for and pray to God that uh, Gaethy can beat Khabib. And I, I, I think I think that uh, Khabib's gonna have a little bit more trouble with uh, with Gaethy than uh, he thinks. No, I know we both agree on that. I'm looking forward to odds closer when that fight comes out. Mike, anything else to sign off the night with before we do our outro and maybe a little teaser? 
Yeah, I just uh, appreciate all you listeners out there who follow, retweet, subscribe to us. Uh, you know, we appreciate it so much. We appreciate your comments on YouTube videos and the short clips we give you. We've been working our, our tails off trying to get you guys, the get us and ourselves to the upper echelon of uh, podcasting and even uh, live periscoping, live streaming, live everything. So we're working on that and that's, that's coming soon. So just keep rolling with the MMA for Money team. Go to MMAformoney.com. Get yourself a NASCAR package from Prime because if you don't i swear man you're gonna regret it he cashes like no one's business whatever the package costs it ain't it ain't crap when he's cashing plus 1100s like nobody's business and i'm talking like two to three a month it's retarded and i didn't mean to any disrespect with that word sorry so uh just uh thank you guys for listening and uh keep rolling with us well we will be back for sure next week we're working on a possible some specials going on also later in this week and possibly next week we're a little hush on those until they were 100 confirmed but at bare minimum we will see you guys back here next week don't forget to subscribe to us on your platform of choice apple Podcasts, spotify google podcast overcast pocket cast the rss feed remember to subscribe to subscribe to our youtube we're really trying to build that our full-length shows are on there little quips you get to like most recently you get to hear about mike's breakdown of his drop him in an alley theory which is great as well as our reaction to certain fights and certain bets that have happened enjoy those like comment and share please 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 it spreads the word we really need that that'd be awesome and with that let's roll